podcast. I have a uh, pretty exciting uh, guy in the studio today. This is uh, Caleb Jacobson. Quinn, you want to pop over there to Caleb? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> he, uh, he got a little schmutz on his other shirt, so we got him into a different shirt now. And uh, it's, 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 it's one of my dad's shirts. Jeez. <laughs> and anyways, uh, Caleb and I go way back. We're just... Yeah. Yeah, he's got, yeah, I got Quinn in here doing the the producing and everything like that. We're just having a couple beers and kind of reminiscing a little bit about the uh, the old days. We just got done with a brat dinner and everything. Had to get an episode out for you guys this week, so I went ahead and just messaged Caleb. I said, "Yo," uh, I didn't say "yo" at all, not to Caleb. That's a different different person. I'd say that too. But uh, I was like, "Hey, man, I got a uh, I got a podcast and you get done on Sunday. We've done a couple of these before. Why don't you jump in the studio and we'll get it done?" So here it is, Friday night, about seven o'clock, and. We're gonna we're gonna crush this podcast. So how you doing, man? I guess what I'll do first is <laughs> Caleb's a little bit of a shy talker. So I guess what I'll do first is I'm gonna go ahead and break into this and just say you know kind of the history with Caleb and I. So Caleb and I met back in like 2011, I think so. Yep, 2011. And uh, I was in high school. It was like my sophomore year, my freshman year of high school. I can't remember. And I, we were out there at a friend's, a mutual friend's place. We were branding calves. It was the same way I met Cleto. Uh, pretty sure we were, uh, we talked about this a little bit in a different episode that we didn't put out for yeah, this. Yeah. But we were, we were doing what they call pour on on these calves. And uh, pour on is a delouser. So it gets rid of this, the, gets rid of lice and flies and it helps the, the calves. They lose a certain amount of weight and blood and everything from, from parasites and insects. And so we were putting this delouster on the calves, and then we had a branding iron that we were, we were hitting them with, and, and not hitting them. We were putting a <laughs> beat brand. them hard. We were, we were putting a brand on them, and uh, mysteriously, these calves were quite flammable when we hit them with a hot branding iron, and uh, they kind of went poof into flames. And then we were, you know, putting them out. It's not a big deal. And uh, but anyways, cinch. that was the first time that uh, yeah, just you know, it's just a little bit of burnt hair kind of stings your nose for a couple of weeks but uh <laughs> a lot of bawling <laughs> but drew did quit drew did quit crying after a while. yeah i quit crying after yeah but so that's how yeah that's how i yeah met. i was there yeah yeah Quinn was there for there too yeah, yeah jamie was trying to make me like feel uh the calf tongues she's like oh they feel weird i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not touching the calf i'm not doing that because i might be doing other things to them later what is that in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. We just started. <laughs> All right, everything we cut back is Caleb Jacobs. Also, I don't get a camera angle today, folks. Sorry, uh, yeah, we cut Quinn out face. on this. I even wore my best T-shirt. If you go back to yeah, if you show the the different frames, that one was just too wide when we had Quinn in it. Too so wide. Just, <laughs> ran into yeah. that problem. Ran into <laughs> <laughs> wide load coming through. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, Caleb, I will say this. So, uh, reason why it's so exciting to bring Caleb on is is this year. Obviously, we've talked about it in other episodes, but um, real estate all of a sudden really slowed down. I'm I'm tr- kind of in the process of building a business again, real estate business, and uh, with Quinn and Cleto and and uh, trying to go through that. And Caleb has quite the story with literally the exact same crew because Caleb and I worked together when we were custom harvesting, or he was custom harvesting first, and I first went to work for him. Cleto worked for him first, then I came along, and there's a lot of people in between. But uh, so it's kind of been fun this summer because Caleb had some some pretty serious life happen to him. We'll let him tell that a little bit in the podcast, and 
I've been calling him this summer for just some encouragement because he's kind of come out of a bit of a darker spot in his life, and where it just kind of he had to he had to I don't know what what would you say had a comeback. He's got a comeback story, I guess is what I would call it. I was in exile for four years. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, that's fair. That's that's what I would call it. Yeah, he was in exile for four years, and now all of a sudden he's back on his feet. He's out there crushing it, and I'm calling him for. Uh, for kind of those uh, those good positive vibes every day when I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And he's telling me, you know, well, you gotta do this, gotta do this. So, yeah, why don't we why don't we start there? Um, tell me a little bit about. I mean, you custom harvested. You've worked all over, from Texas to Canada. Uh, tell us a little bit about in the audience about uh, what your what your life was like before before this and what the meaning of this year is for you. How deep do you want to get? Well, let's go. Uh, let's see what time is it? Seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we usually shoot for at 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 the very least an hour and a half, very most. Quinn and I shot like a two and two yeah, and it took two and a half days, and it was just too much. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. So <laughs> could have been condensed. Why don't you Why don't you go ahead and say a little bit about what you're doing now, and um, what you got going on, and uh, then we'll kind of jump back and and go over how you got there a little bit. So. Your your hand right now, your swather. So yeah, right now I'm uh I have a swather. I'm cutting hay. For those of you who don't know what that is, you know, for farmers and ranchers, every summer you have to put up hay, round bales, square bales, what have you. I bought the device which cuts the grass or the alfalfa, lays it into a nice row. It's called swather. That way the ranchers can bale behind it. So so you're for feeding not, cows. For, yeah, so sheep, I'm whatever. I'm just running around and charging farmers and ranchers to uh, cut and cut their hay. Yeah. You don't bale? Basically. You're not baling this no, year? I'm not baling. Uh, God bless. Everybody's got their own balers. Uh. I couldn't afford Quinn, so I didn't. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? I'm not cheap. <laughs> Clearly. So, and that's, you know, it's working out. It's It's slow. I was working for someone else up until probably may yep this year so uh up until may this year well yeah i mean part-time yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's right because you were seeding so, and stuff like that but if we back up a little bit so in 2012 i got married yep but in 1988 <laughs> <laughs> now let's go let's go 2012 i think that's good because you've got you've got a whole history of you've been farming since you're like nine ten years old Right, well, like you were working for your dad and running tractor, and I, I grew up on a custom harvesting operation where we would take combines, mm-hmm. the machines that harvest the, the grain. They can look it up. They'll Google. That, it. Oh, will they? Because <laughs> I, don't know. I can get in depth. Uh, I think we have some illustrations over here. <laughs> I, got, I got a little bit of a PowerPoint. If I can, <laughs> want me to plug that in for you. Or... But anyway, it's basically a traveling circus. So you get about five or six guys to work for you. You go to Texas and you go back to you know the Canadian border and spend the, about six months harvesting crops. So I grew up doing that. And uh, when uh, I got married, I was working with my family, my dad and my sister. And then she got married. So it was brother-in-law, wife, dad, sister, mom, just a cluster, you know what. And uh, Big old family. Yeah, you? just lots of togetherness and uh so at about 2014 we decided my wife and i to leave Mm -hmm. the uh, family operation so we went harvesting on our own 
And that's when I hired Quinn and I hired Drew and we all went and I had, you know, some of their friends came with and started our own thing. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, I've got a combine here in case the guests want to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, pull that up. This is one I've never seen before. He's running treads on just the front. Oh, and nice. that's new. Oh, that's like a brand spanking new one. Yeah, that's this, the X9. Oh, is that their newest? <laughs> that's Kale's the newest. getting excited. Look yeah. at it. He's got augers on top of his. What? Oh, my gosh. All right, well, oh. we'll have to dive into this later. Yeah, yeah that is. I've <laughs> never be. seen somebody run augers and a bale. Oh, yeah. Caleb's is that the new excited. thing? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's called a pee auger. Right. I, yeah, you we, pee on it. Oh. oh hey. <laughs> hey, we cut peas at one time. That's we right. We cut peas before. I just never seen some, a guy run a pee auger with a bale, too. Is it just. With a what? What are you talking a, about? What are you talking about, Quinn? With a draper? With a yeah. draper? Oh my yeah. gosh, my bad. Bale. Yeah, Bale. well... The, a reel? I, no, you're yeah. also confused because there's a, there's an auger and he's, and he's combining wheat, looks like. So anyway... Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go back to... Go back to... Yeah, yeah. So I, I, when I... When I... You know, we got some equipment when we took off from the family. We yep. got to share that. So we went from... Because uh, we were up in Malta running yeah, cows. Running right. cows up that. there and, and cutting then, hay. That's how... Like our big summer that we had... Was Quinn and I came up and we cut hay up there. He says our big summer. He was there for almost a week. It was a big. Yeah, summer. and then I just got left. <laughs> I got left there. Quinn was there for like what a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. At I least. went up there for a week and I had to leave. I go do some. Quinn was fourteen and he was uh, running a square baler. Never been on a tractor before. Nope. Do you remember when we had Quinn look out? Yeah, that was we, the following year. We made a funny uh, a rock. There's a rock pile that Quinn tried to bail. <laughs> no one told a, me he was there. We put a sign out there. That was like Quinn, look out! We took a picture and we're holding binoculars, <laughs> trying to find the rock pile where we're standing I on. I thrashed it. that baler. To be fair, I swathed right over it. Never noticed it. Yeah, Ooh. so that was a thing. Is it was so hit. Quinn was just falling the trail of hay. Yeah, I was just ripping. Yeah, you're pretty much hands on Gretel out there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> just going just falling the hay crumbs. The hay crumbs. <laughs> Quinn's like nodding off, heads yeah. bouncing off the ceiling. Yeah, one time it's like, hey Quinn, you, why don't you bail till about two in the morning, and then I'll come out and take over for you. I get up at two, I look out, there's a tractor sitting on the hill with the lights on, it's not moving. I get up to it, there's n- no movement. I don't see Quinn anywhere. <laughs> He's not around, and I'm like, I don't know where he is. Do I just get in and go? He or got out and ready, Travis. Is he He's dead? I don't know. Naked. I mean. <laughs> That was a bad night. I like I walked around it like three or four times, and and finally he comes crawling out from under the baler. I'm like, oh, thank God, I almost left. <laughs> Can you imagine? He starts flips on the oh, baler oh. and just takes off. I thought you just quit. I thought you were done. <laughs> yeah, and how would I leave? <laughs> well, there were bright lights. You can get back to the somewhere. I don't back know. Somewhere. Remember the you burn barrel? About Quinn. <laughs> The burn barrel? Taking off. That was a good time. Yeah. So uh, Drew wasn't there most of the summer. He wasn't there for any of the stories. I was competition shooting. <laughs> I was over in D.C. for Boys Nation, Boys State in Helena. I was all over the place. So let me paint a picture for you. So we re- we leased this farm up in the middle of nowhere. 2013? 2012. 20... 20... 2012? Oh, 2013. 2013. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's 25 miles from the nearest little hick town, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we just set Wagner this camper Road. up. And then Drew and Quinn come, and their parents bring a pickup camper. Just jack it off of the uh, pickup and leave it sit there. Mm -hmm. So we've got like a base, a small compound, unmanicured compound. We dug a hole. (laughs) We dug a hole for the (laughs) poo-poo. That was rough. (laughs) We're not a fan of that. We did have a well with running water. 
We did. And power. Not too far from that septic tank. <laughs> so we're uh, putting up this. We're making hay this summer. And, and Drew's gone, you know, obviously. Cause I swath for like a week. He almost. And then. Uh, doing something. After cooler. we hired the guy. It was like three days. That brought his pregnant girlfriend up there and didn't have anywhere to live. And he was sleeping underneath. They. They were sleeping underneath. Pregnant woman. The swath. Like six months pregnant. Eating the wagon. No, oh. Jimmy Dean. It was Jimmy Dean sausages. Oh, I thought it was a Chuck Wagons. He was eating Chuck Wagon. You're both right. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember? He stole my 24 he, millimeter he wrench. Stole he stole your 24 millimeter wrench. Yeah, and John Deere branded. And he was eating those, uh, he was eating the, the Jimmy Deans and the Chuck Wagon sandwiches, and he would heat them up by putting them on the block of the swather. That's right. And that was how he had a hot meal. He'd heat them up and throw them in the engine case. That kid was yeah. hardcore, and he would never stop talking about his Walmart plan cell phones. <laughs> yeah. Because he said, Screw Verizon. He's never yeah, done he that. Yeah, he had again. a blood vendetta against Verizon. Yeah, he did. I forgot about Talked that. about it the whole time. Yeah, he was pissed. <laughs> Wasn't having it. It's like me in the post office today, though. So so there we were up there. And that was the same summer that I wrecked a motorbike or a dirt bike right in the head end of a pickup. Yeah. First time I ever rode a dirt bike. Yeah. Bent the, bent the handlebars Drew, so far. Drew keeps back. going, like, do you have a bike I could I could ride? Like, Because I've got my, my Harley now. And he's like, well, like, I want to get into riding bikes. I'm like, you can. You can ride my Harley. He's like, no, I need something small. I need something smaller. I was like, I've got the smallest Harley you can buy. He's like, well, when you get your 250 running, I'll, I'll, I'll try that. He's still scared. Maybe Dude, I'm 75. I, or, uh, I haven't gotten on a dirt bike. 125. you got to get him on a moped. I haven't got off. I haven't got on a dirt bike since I wrecked that dirt bike. Yeah. Because yeah. Caleb, oh, excuse me. Caleb was like, well, hey, we couldn't like, we had horses up there, but we didn't want to ride them out of the field and just tie them up. So it was like, just run the, run the dirt bike out there and jump in a swather and then come back when you're done. So we're out there at the swath, and he's like, hey, I brought the dirt bike, so you can just ride this back to the house. He's like, why don't you get on it, and I'll just show you how to run it. So I get on. I fire it up. I'm like, okay, so, like, the throttle's here, clutch, okay, and then, like, clutch on the left-hand side, and I'm like, okay, and then I go up and down for the gearing, okay. He's like, yeah, starting first. I'm like, okay. He's like, did you click it all the way down? I was like, I think I clicked it all the way down. I think I'm good. So I <laughs> turn it on, clutches in, drop the clutch, and I whiskey throttle it in second gear, not in first gear. And I'm like, it's a, what are we in, 2,000 acre field? <laughs> nothing out there? <laughs> There's nothing out there. And I hit the front end of the pickup 20 yards in front of me. Just drive straight. And I hit it so hard, my, head, my left hand punches out the headlight. I get thrown up on the cab, rack myself over top of the bike handlebars. <laughs> And I'm just laying up on the on the front of the cab of the pickup. That was the dumbest thing I'd ever and seen. And the bike like went off on its own. It kept going. Bent the handlebars. Until it wrecked. Yeah. It was, and I was just like just rocking back and forth on the I rode that dirt bike for years and never, never had an issue. And this thing had a ranch hand grill guard that my hand miraculously went all the way through and punched out the headlight. Yeah. That was a pretty impressive display of stupidity. That was insane. It's good Anyways, times. we were up there on the ranch. Yeah, sorry. Side note. Cutting. Why are you guys both looking at me? Where was I going with this? I don't well, remember. This is kind of like the we summer were, we, we all were, first worked together. Yeah, yeah this is the summer we really, yeah, we really actually worked together and did stuff. And then after that, you started, you know. So, yeah, it was a couple of years later. I went off on my own. and yep. uh, I had, in about a matter of uh, eight months acquired a million dollars worth of equipment yep and the equivalent amount of debt to go with it <laughs> right and it was three years after that i filed bankruptcy and you were 26 years old 25 when you started this 25 or 26 
27. You're 25. I was 24. Yeah, 25 when you came to work for me. Yep. The first time. Yep. 27 when I struck out on my own. And when I was 30, I filed bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah, which is going to be the whole headline of this. It's going to be bankruptcy, Dave Ramsey. And then it's just going to say bankruptcy by 30. (laughs) Bankrupt by 30, Dave Ramsey by 30. Yeah, there's also a video out there on YouTube of me uh, on the Dave Ramsey show. Exactly. That's why I was going to use it for clickbait. That was a good one to see. You look terrified. (laughs) You, dude, it was sad. You were sweating. I want to address that, but I don't know how far in the podcast we should get so we make people listen to the very end (laughs) until we address that situation. So, but what, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So we explained the custom harvesting thing. What, what were we doing? What was it like with the crew? Some of your, your scares? Because you, this is really when you struck out on your own away from any kind of really family. You know, you're doing your own thing. And before you always had family support or your dad finding jobs or whatever, right? Well, I think this is something that uh, most guys suffer from. Maybe not. I could be wrong. I could yeah. have been the only one. I think you did, maybe. Probably. I worked with my dad my whole childhood growing up, teenage years, after I got out of college, which was a short stint, but... I always had this like terrifying fear to go out on my own and try my own thing, right? I I knew I had the capability of being able to do the work, but I was scared to death to leave. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that feels like? Yeah, just not having the support. I mean, you get out there and yeah, break it's like, down. Yeah, it's like okay, so it's, it's just my call? ass out in the wind out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got no fallback. Mm-hmm. So you know, getting married, you know, my wife was always. Uh, a little emotional about things like she made her feelings known right mm-hmm. some people other people don't do that they just like Caleb suck it up Caleb sucks it up right Caleb just gets by Caleb gets dark <laughs> just give me another beer whatever it takes a little more <clears throat> something else and then uh, we'll get through this but um, my wife and her you know uh dramatic emotional state really you know helped push me out and whether it was healthy or not we we got out of there now i can't say i did the right things because i ended up filing bankruptcy but i learned i was totally capable of doing all the things that i was scared to death i couldn't do Mm -hmm. i could find work i could make customers happy i could put deals together and I wasn't going to die when someone said no. And that was, like, crucial. I, like, I figured stuff out, and I made it. Mm-hmm. And I screwed it up big time. Mm-hmm. So then I worked for a farmer for four years, licking my wounds and, you know, recovering. And then I told my wife, I looked at her, and I said, I'm not working here anymore. I'm done. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't want a job. And uh, she said, okay, whatever. So we uh, found a friend who bought a house that's like two bedrooms. And he said, well, I'll rent it to you for 800 a month. So we moved into there. How many kids did you have at the time? Uh, we have five. But when you moved into that house, you had five? We had five. Right now, this is just, yeah. like, this is just like six months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have five kids, two-bedroom house. Yep. And uh, I said, I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it work. And she goes, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, you bought a swather up in Canada. So I 
I had built rebuilt a couple of pickups yes, in the last right. year and a half or so. Somehow I scraped together ten grand of my own cash and some more to live on. I had some saved up that we were living on, and I kind of did some part-time jobs until May. And I lined up some swathing job, two swathing jobs, one for my brother-in-law, one for another guy that was actually the biggest portion of it, mm-hmm. and uh, got money up front. And I found a swather for almost what I had in cash. And I went and bought a swather <laughs> and went to swathing. And I'm probably not done swathing for the year yet. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> going to go ahead and do it again. <laughs> well, you've you've done it before. You've, <clears throat> you've pretty much have had a situation where, well, let me just, let me just say this. My dad was a pretty decent... Uh, machinery operator uh, Caleb's dad's pretty good um, there's a lot of guys that have worked around and been around Caleb and they know when it comes to, to running machinery fixing machinery he's very mechanically inclined he's very good at that uh, he's he's really good at, at making sure that if there's got to be a piece of equipment in the field to get something cut he can get it done and I've got to say he's probably one of the most efficient custom cutters and swathers I've ever met because I've watched him <laughs> cut for days on end and by the time you get you'll get into the machine to go ride with him to see how he does it so that you can make sure that you're going to be just as efficient and then you'll get out of the machine and then you'll come back and ride with him again another five days later because you screwed up and broke something and he's got to have a chat with you and when you get back in there he's completely remodeled the interior <laughs> it's completely changed everything the stereo's over here he decided to wire up some bluetooth because he wanted to take some calls and then he decided to put in a subwoofer in the back and there's an amp under the seat and why shouldn't you have cold sandwiches so he put it in a refrigerator and uh i mean this is a little bit exaggerated but caleb can literally run the damn thing with his feet and then just take apart everything else inside so to say he's a good operator is probably one of the least um effective ways to put it he's he's an extremely good operator and he can run any kind of machinery you put in front of him i th- i think you got to play around with an excavator when he was doing a little bit of uh, irrigating but for the most part everything manure spreader trucks um combines swathers cat i don't know, he ran he ran i like never ran a dozer, dozer or anything like no that. dirt work never got a dozer yeah Excavator. Excavator. He's all about right. that. He thought about starting a sewage. I feel like dirt work is for some reason on top of what operators aspire to do. Yeah. No. And I don't know why. I don't know but why. I just feel like it's just like a shared. It's like the peak. It looks, yeah. Men, it looks fun. men were made to manipulate the earth. Ah. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Strip mining. <laughs> Berkeley pit. <laughs> but anyways. So like Caleb's really good at all at all of this stuff, and uh, that was the thing that was really exciting for for me at the very least because I saw Caleb, and I was like I saw oh this is an opportunity because now I'm gonna learn my family came from logging background heavy machinery on the West Coast dad was a pilot all that stuff and here I'm in Montana and I'm going here's my opportunity to be able to potentially learn the Central Midwest kind of machinery the equivalent of a logger over here would be a custom harvester so learning what caleb had and and how to do that stuff whenever i saw that i thought how can we help caleb make more money or how can we find bigger better deals or how could we like i'm always thinking about deals that's why like like people would call me little rodney because rod who's caleb's dad 
finds deals all the time. He puts together a deal out of thin air. And then pisses everybody off in the middle of it. Well, sometimes. sometimes. Occasionally. Rod, if you're listening, we still love you and we like working with you. I'll still take your phone calls and you can call me and I'll call you. Especially when I'm trying to put a deal together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that's kind, of the, that's kind of the thought process there on uh, just the psyche behind it and then Caleb's abilities because he can literally fix anything to get it down the road. Yep. I've never had the confidence to drive uh, a vehicle out of the state for a while, like go off my own for a while, until I met Caleb and we were taking pickups that didn't have transmissions or didn't have very good transfer cases from here to Texas. Don't need them. And then when I found out that you don't need a clutch to drive a pickup, you can you can drive it without that, learn that. I learned that you don't need a starter to drive a pickup, you just need a long hill. And I learned that <laughs> I learned that you don't need a goes shut on. off. You don't need a shut off solenoid. You don't need power steering. You don't need uh, you need a fuel solenoid. Four drive. Yeah, you don't need four wheel drive. You don't need. There's a lot of things that you can do without. In this you don't even world. need structural integrity. You just need a ratchet strap and some screws. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> and one day we should have Tyler on. <laughs> we. Quinn and I learned so much about being men, custom harvesting, because we did the things that most people would think. Are absolutely unthinkable, and I have illegal, to say, unethical, or unsafe. <laughs> you either nut up or you give up. <laughs> you can complain, you can bitch and moan, but just don't quit. <laughs> Man, we had so many experiences in the spaceship and everything else. Taught me everything I know about running heavy equipment. The dead cat. That's what I learned from Dad. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I learned it all from you. Yeah, the dead cat. Remember the dead cat? We pulled around for twelve hundred miles. Yeah, and then they made you go get it. Yeah. We went underneath there and we found out, like, where the heck is was, this Blackwater tank How about tank at? one of you guys give a description of Starship Enterprise, uh, which is our main base oh, for man. for harvesting? Well, I go use the restroom real quick. Okay, so it was so 20. Go ahead. Switch, go ahead. Tell me the... I'll, I'll run it. I'll run All right. it. I got it. I got it. So, Caleb, tell, tell the... Yeah, we picked up this thing for 5000 bucks from what? Missouri? <laughs> where do we get this? When I think of this... Uh... Camper, like I, th- I think of the Star Wars uh, scrolling intro, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spaceballs. <laughs> but Spaceballs, yeah. <laughs> Except the uh, Spaceballs uh, motorhome had a lot more structural integrity than this did. But a friend of mine, who's also a custom cutter, had this uh, camper he bought from another custom harvester. And campers with the ability to house more than four people are hard to find. Exactly. Let's just put that out there. Yeah. And on top of that, a camper that... Was this a bumper pole? Or was this it a... It was a fifth wheel. It was a fifth wheel. Yeah. And it... Uh, so he's from Missouri. And he goes, oh, my dad bought this uh, camper. And, uh, I mean, we, we let go of it. And uh, 5000 bucks. And I was like, well, I can't find anything for 5000 bucks. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll come take a look at it. I'll probably get it from you. I show up in Missouri, and I was like, well, I drove all the way to Missouri. <laughs> Not a short trip. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. I'm like, Back when a, fuel was like a buck fifty, okay? This, this thing's like- a hunk of chunk. <laughs> <laughs> Except it didn't have the, like, flight ability of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, no, well, yeah. Like, we picked it out of Corpus, picked it up out of Corpus Christi, and it sat through a hurricane. And, uh, I'm like, oh, so that's probably black mold. Yeah. But we put a new stove in it. It was a I nice stove. It was a nice stove. And I don't know that we ever actually used it. It was a propane stove. Yeah. 
and we never used it. Not but it was one, like a full size yeah, appliance. But not one time did we use it. I don't remember because the <laughs> propane line was that. pinched off. And we never... <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, all right, well, I drove here. I get, I'll okay, I'll buy it. I, I'm gonna have to have a place for these guys to live. And uh, so we drag it out to Western Kansas, and I'm like, okay, well, we'll just. You dropped it there. We we just left it there because yeah. it wasn't quite time to harvest. We were gonna it. come down and and just live in it. Right so, there. so Drew and I go south with Tyler and Tyler's wife. Right, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler finds this camper in Billings that is a. Whoa, you're missing a huge hold, portion. Hold, hold, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because you sent so me and Cleto down there. Hold on, but yeah, but before okay, that, right, remember Tyler. He finds this camper. <laughs> it's a great deal. It's nine hundred dollars. It's like, oh shit, that's a better deal than the camper I got. What the heck, man? I said, like, oh yeah, this thing's great shape. It's a great shape. We go look at it. I'm like, I step in. I'm like, Tyler, this thing has a mouse problem. You couldn't see the carpet under the mouse crap. Uh, Could not. It was. It, I'm not exaggerating. I remember. I remember. It, it was so bad. bad. Goes, We'll fix it up. It's got good. It's got good. It's got and all of us good were bones. Like, good bones. Yeah, good bones. <laughs> we were all reading like in the newspaper, like two gals died in Wyoming. Haunt virus. Yeah, like in, in Livingston, someone had just <laughs> died that winter. Like and Tyler's married. He's got two kids, and he's like, he's no, no, little buggers. My wife's. He gutted that thing out, and we. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So anyway, we go south, and. uh Oh my! There's so much of a story here. So much missing. We, uh, we we'll come back to this. Okay. But when we get south, Drew and I have plugged this camper in. Mm-hmm. It's got no beds. Mm-hmm. We have to short circuit several wires to get the slide outs to come out. Mm-hmm. This is this is ours. The big starship. Yes. Yeah. Starship. And once we get the slide outs out, we can still see daylight yeah. through the cracks. Yeah. You know, it's like you know what. We're, this is like camping. We're only like sleeping problem. in here, right? We're yeah. only sleeping in here. Drew and I built three beds, bunk beds, bunk beds for the front. We hooked the water up. We can't get any water to flow out of the dang thing. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a drip coming out of the faucet. We're like, what the hell? We wait, and it starts to flow a little more. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, it had a bunch of buildup in the lines. And I'm just thinking, oh, what did I do? We're gonna live in this thing. Well, we let's. We were gonna live in it until Molly and the kids could come down. Or no, was it just no? Molly? They were never gonna come. They weren't gonna come on this trip. No. Okay. Yeah. So it was just a full on frat party in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was you know them showers that you get in and you're like I hope my elbow does not touch, touch the side the wall. because yeah. I'll get dirty again. Yeah. yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah. Or like when you walked on the floor, like you wanted to, you wanted to wipe your feet off and then get into some slippers because you didn't want to walk on that floor. It was your it was, feet never got clean, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. it was pretty bad. And then, yeah, and then we found out the cat and the raccoon and all this other stuff. And then, and then snake uh, and the mice and the mice. Well, we had the mouse problem. We had the mouse trap. <laughs> so then it starts raining. <laughs> None of this is really in chronological order. We're skipping in between a couple weeks here because there's a whole nother story, Sega, where Cleto and I went down there with the supplies for the first time to see the dang thing. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
in Montana, nobody knows what a like a rainstorm is. So we go to Oklahoma, and it starts raining, it's like and a, it's like inches it's at a, a inches at a time tornadoes, and like the water starts running in, uh, not like dripping, but like running down the walls. Like the walls are sweating, like they're crying, they're bleeding water, and <laughs> then it starts like sparking. In the wall because yeah. the electricity shorted out, shorted out. <laughs> and Lights I'm like, out. no big deal, guys. For next six months, this is fine. <laughs> that's yeah. rough, and that's the start of it, you know. And it's like, what the hell have I done? Yeah, that what was a fun. We had the one, the slide out up top was exposed wires. You hooked up to a 12 volt battery to get those to run out. Yep. The main slider in the living room, you had to hook. Remember the guy who owned it had like, yeah, he. Drilled through the side where the slide and out put threaded rod was. Yeah, and he ran rods out the other side, so you had to get two guys. To Each crank one had to get like a time. 19 mil, and you had to time your cranks together, or else you get the slide out all sideways. <laughs> oh, slow down, slow down, slow down. Josh was always going at about 90. And it's like, why? Why? Synchronize the cranks. Synchronize the cranks. This is our home. And then the rear slide out was the only one that worked off the button. But it still worked off the button. But it and did work it, off the button. Yeah. I remember laying there one night. There's a couple stories here. I remember there one time we decided we're we're fixing things in in series. Okay, so like the rodent problem, we could sleep with some neighbors. It's not a big deal for a little while because we were still figuring out the shower and the water situation. And water in your home is a little worse than pets. So we, <laughs> we finally got to the point where we're like, we're going to have food in this camper. So we might as well lay out some traps. So... <laughs> One night, I remember Cleto, me, Caleb, laying there. We set out probably like, I don't know, six or seven traps. And then we have like the live traps. Then we have like the ones that are the trip traps. And we got like a couple different assortments of cheeses. And you know, Provolone. Provolone. <laughs> really treating them. This is really nice. And we're like laying in bed. We shut the lights off. And every night it was the same thing. You shut the lights off and you go to bed in about 15 minutes. You'd be like in the walls. And there was air vents in this thing. And you'd hear them in the vents, in the walls. And then this night we heard, it was like 10, 15, 20 minutes in. It's just like... Holy cow, we got one. <laughs> we waited. Like, we both, we all said that, like, literally. And Cleto's like, he's the most excited. He's like, we got him. We got that SOB. And we were so, he was so excited. And then we, like, we waited five more minutes. And all of a sudden, he was like, <laughs> it's like, I'll be damned. We got two of them. And we waited a little bit longer. And it was like, all of a sudden, it was like, <laughs> there's like six of them dead. So we're like, all right, well, that's all of our traps. We gotta go like we gotta go. You keep gotta going. reset them. We gotta reset these things. Cleto flips the light on, walks out, there, and he's like, "Oh my God, there's one knot on this one's leg already." <laughs> it was just like it was just like a smorgasbord of cheese, mouse parts, and more mouse parts. It was it was so bad. And then Cleto. Dude, when we get Cleto in here, he tells a story about this guy trying to drag his buddy across the floor. Oh, my Visceral. gosh. And then it, after that, we like, I remember the mouse problem died down, and then it was 
when you went to bed, someone always, and it was always Tyler had to get up for a glass of water or something. Was so it I, Tyler was getting glass of water? I, yeah, and I just remember one night, Josh and I were laying, and so you guys had, there was like, what, the four bunks up front? Yeah. Right? Because it was like you, Caleb. Three bunks up front. Three bunks yeah, up me, front. Caleb, and Cleto. Right. So, like, everyone else slept in the front. Josh and I had the back room where we bunked. Yeah. I remember Josh and I were laying there one night. She heard someone get up to get water. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Son of a! <laughs> Someone's toe got hammered. And it ha- I swear it happened to Tyler more than once. Oh <laughs> it's just every gosh. time Tyler's stepping into the mousetraps. Dude. And then our, the end of the mouse problem, at least in our half of the trailer, was when they were getting really bad in the back half. And then all of a sudden one day I came in and I, I found a snake shed skin in my sheets, in my bed. Like in like you know, my bed was made, and when I opened it up for the night, there was a snake skin in there, and then uh, I don't know if someone put it there or what. Uh, but then next couple of nights, no more mice. <laughs> <laughs> that problem handled itself. Nature took its course. Oh wow, beautiful times. It's the sequence of events that makes you question. Yeah. The decisions you've made in life. Yeah. Yeah. In a rather rapid. Form, you know, it, it got better towards the end of the season. There, we were cruising, things were going sure. good, we were smooth. Sure, <laughs> at least on my end, as just an employee, <laughs> things were running all right. <laughs> Those are good years. Uh, we had a lot of fun, it was a blast. Where did it all go wrong, Caleb? Where did it all go wrong? Well, uh, at the beginning, uh, <laughs> the debt load, <laughs> the load, the debt load, yeah, and then. Uh, Tell us, tell us, can you can you open up the financials a little bit about this? Because you're how many years out of bankruptcy? What's the statute of limitations on that? Bankruptcy already happened, so I think you're good. I'm free, free and clear. Um, so like, you had a million dollars in. A, can you explain this to the, to the audience? Because this is this is serious for the people that I brought you on here because I, I really am excited about where you're going and pulling yourself out of this entrepreneurship wise. And you you are literally a bigger brother of mine. But you had three combines, like three hundred thousand dollars a piece, right? How did that work when we first got started? What was the chronological order of the finances and how you how you were able to even get to the point where you could take a loan like that? Because a lot of people don't understand how much money we were making a day. I mean, it was like 70,000 bucks a day when we were running. Right? Yeah, it's, you know, when you're out there on the road, it's impossible to control your spending, it seems like. Maybe not impossible, but at, at that point, I was just like, "Whoa, we need it. Let's get it. We need parts. We need, and you got, you got a credit parts, line open. and you got, you know, you got to buy everybody food, and you yeah. got. It's like, well, we need another piece of equipment to do this, and it's like I bought another pickup, and then I bought, you know, tools, and I bought. Because we have fuel tanks, compressors. Yeah, we built out a full truck shop. I mean, like our truck truck. Well, we had pretty much two service pickups. Yeah, you know, set up. You know, we we had two pickups that had ten thousand dollars worth of air compressor. Stuff in them. The big heavy duty um, air air guns yeah. and pull duels off and stuff like um, welder. We had a welder on one. Um, we were completely self service. Yeah, completely self service. Fuel tanks. We had over five hundred gallons of fuel on each pickup. Usually, yeah. nine hundred on one pickup at one point. No, it was well, four hundred was the max we had on one, and then we yeah. had two hundred. But what? So and those are the pumps. I, ha- I had this like, we can't do anything unless it's perfect. You know, I, I got to be set up to go. It's got to be in good shape. Right. Make sure we do that. There was no like, let's just get by until we get the yeah. next. It was like, all right, before we even start, it's got to yeah. be perfect. 
right? We were because we were prepping for like a month and a half. Before yeah, we did this. and you know that was part of it. Was like well, I hired all these guys to come work for me because I needed them. Yeah. I didn't have a job lined up when I mm-hmm. hired everybody. I lined up combines to rent for the summer. I lined up, you know, and that was all on credit. Like, how did you actually get to the point where you had enough money? Because like guys are fifteen bucks an hour, and you got them for six, five, six days a week. Yeah. Well, what had happened was, is I had trucked. So when I split off from my family, I had come away with two semis, mm-hmm. a grain trailer, a flatbed trailer, mm-hmm. and a grain cart, which you pull behind a tractor. Right. And, uh, you know, a pickup and... Overall value about a quarter million, 300000 uh, Yeah. About yeah. $200,000. I had clear? I had, no, I owed... I had about 100000 in equity. Okay. And at that point, so I, so I hauled cattle all winter. Mm-hmm. And kind of part-time with two trucks. Mostly it was just me. So by spring, I had a little bit of cash. But also my in-laws had given us an... Uh, they wanted us to enjoy an inheritance an before early inheritance. Died. Yeah, Yeah. Right? Their intention was for us to use it for a down payment for a house. But I went to my father-in-law and said, you know, if I had this, you know, I could use it to build my business. And... Uh, then I could buy a house sooner with, you know, more money. With the, with the business plan. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like, I'll just use this to build my business, well. right? Yeah. yeah. So I used that. I mean, I burnt through that 50000 in a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we'll get rolling, you know, and we'll start making money. It's like Dave Ramsey always says, I'll, I'll earn my stupidity, right? Yeah. And by the end of that year... I couldn't afford the lease payment on the combine. I hadn't made a single payment on the combines or the tractor. And these are six-month payments. You pay them every six months or every three months. I'm supposed to pay them every, every month. Every month. But, I mean, the, the guy I was renting these combines from was a farmer. It wasn't a dealer. It wasn't yeah. a dealer. It was a farmer, and he was like, whatever. And, and then so I go to my banker, and I go, I need to buy these combines. And the banker goes, oh, okay, sure, sounds good, fine. So we buy these combines too. And your finances look good to do that. Yeah. So is this an unsecured loan or was it collateralized by the combines or how did how did that work when you go and get a finance like that? Well the combines had enough value according to his whatever formula. Whatever yeah. To where he could finance them. Because it looked like on paper you were making how much a month doing this? With five guys running and the job. Hundred and fifty thousand a month. Yeah. I grossed eight hundred and fifty thousand that first year. Gross money. Yeah, and that was from how many thousands of acres? Uh, we covered 18,000 acres. Yeah. So I, my banker's like, oh, yeah, this works. This works. We'll finance those combines. Well, okay. So I get, you know, halfway through the winter and kind of had, you know, idled back a lot because I was like, I don't need to truck all winter. I, you know, got this combine thing going. I need to get these combines in shape for summer and I'll, I'll just do that this winter. I'll work on them. And I'm like, oh, hey, I need some headers, you know, for mm-hmm. the combines and so I ended up borrowing another three hundred thousand dollars or something to get going. So by the end of that year, you've bought three combines for like two hundred two combines. two combines for two hundred forty thousand a piece. Two sixty two sixty five a piece, and then you they came with headers or not? No, no headers. So we had Draper headers, two Draper headers, and so then that winter, I got like operating loans. Yeah. To buy headers. Okay. <clears throat> So by the following summer, the summer after I had uh, started, I had, gosh, I don't know, five fifty, 
700,000 just in green paint, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I hate to interrupt, fellas. We're about to run out of room on this card, so we'll be right back after we swap this over real fast. All right. Sounds good. Take a quick intermission here. All right, we're back. We just had a little quick intermission there. I snuck a little cinnamon roll in the bag. Nobody even saw that. Yeah, I could have shared. Sorry about God that. God damn. Uh, Caleb had $700,000 of green paint that he had to figure out how to make payments on the following summer. Where were you going with that? Well, um, I started to panic. Yeah. How am I going to make these payments? Mm-hmm. So my dad and my brother-in-law had still been calling by them, right? So I said, well, I just need to take over their acres buy them out, right? So I go to them and I buy them out. Say I'm going to buy them out, right? So it kind of turned to this big cluster. Yeah, what did you, what was the terms on that? What were you going to pay to buy them out? How is that going to work? It was like so much per acre. I was going to buy their equipment at market value. And I don't really remember how it all went now, but. So you went to the bank and got another finance? No. Or did you just use your operating was, loan? No, the bank, the banker said, we're not going to finance that, so you can make it happen or whatever you know mm-hmm. it was like okay well i can make this happen over the course of the year right yeah so it got ugly <laughs> we ended up running four combines we leased two that year we had four combines all green or yeah you including were, the cat they're all no that no. was the year before that was the year before that we had well, we the cat We never got into that. Yeah. Okay. We have not talked about that. We'll go back to that. But. Okay. So my wife was like, told me that I never listened to what she said to, to not do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I might not have listened to what you said. So long story short, about two-thirds of the way through the season, you know, she was just having a panic attack about it, and we just kind of, you know, she convinced me to pull out of the whole family buyout thing. So I, you know. Did it look like you were going to make your way through it, or was there just there were a bunch of piss-poor jobs, or what was the problem? Why didn't why didn't those jobs make money? There was just too much money going out. Yeah. And, there, I, you know, I had promised too much to them Yeah. and um, overbought, mm-hmm. and I, you know, just way overextended myself on credit and and just promised way too much to them because at that point you're what a million and a half deep yeah 1.2 1.2 million yeah and i i had only like three or four hundred thousand equity and you you had slowed down from the ability to produce so much a month right yeah you weren't doing the you weren't doing 150 grand a month anymore no like that year we only cut I don't know, fourteen, fifteen thousand acres. Yeah, and the and year before we had done eighteen with two machines without buying somebody out. Right, because you weren't able to even capture all of the jobs that they had. You were splitting your time between two jobs. Cool. You weren't able to get them done Correct. fast enough. Correct. So I, you know, I pulled the plug on that and gave up like two hundred fifty-three thousand, three hundred thousand dollars worth of work. And that was in July. That would have been in like the fall. The fall. Okay. So I, I pulled out before <clears throat> the fall harvest. Okay missed out on a big job but i do not think that would have made up for the hole i was in already because you had missed payments on fuel you'd missed payments on equipment insurance i hadn't done that yet i was i was still making my payments at that point but by that fall by missing out on that three hundred thousand dollar corn job 
I wasn't able to cover all my payments. And then uh, I was so short of cash, I had to go to my hired help, which Quinn was one of them. And I said, uh, can you guys hang on before getting a paycheck? Because I can't really afford to pay you right now. Mm-hmm. That's when it went downhill mm-hmm. real fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, people were not happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we could get into that, but. There's a lot of psycho psychological, but when a, when a, when a ship's going down, I mean it's it's you're trying to do whatever you can to save the business. Right. Ultimately, if the business doesn't work out, nobody's getting paid. Yeah, and I don't feed my family. Yeah, right. I have only had two kids at this point. Yeah, but two kids when you're first kids you've had that's a, that's kind of a big deal. You ah, know? Yeah, scary. And uh, so <laughs> I'm sitting in my shorts on a Sunday. With it's just me and my two kids, and my wife was gone or something. And one of the employees gets his grandpa lawyer involved, and they come over and they corner me at my house. Mm-hmm. I'm in my shorts on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and they're like, um, "You owe him money. Uh, you need to sign the title over to this vehicle you have." Guys, I'm uh, I'm at home in my shorts with my kids right now. What's what's Jeez, time? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like at that point I and was you've been like avoiding payments for how long? About a month and a oh, half. Oh, at two least months? yeah. I Three mean, probably maybe. two months yeah. at least. And I'm yeah. like, uh, I am not in a good spot. And you want to talk about like I already just struggled with depression, mm-hmm. and you know these things compound, mm-hmm. right? And and you don't know when it beca- when it moves from like. Is this situational depression or like, was this like a medical condition? Yeah, you know, and it was it was it was a struggle, you know, and I think a lot of a lot of people in agriculture just ignore their problems, mm-hmm. you know, and they they don't deal with them. Well, I would say in a lot of them too. Just a, <clears throat> a side note here, you had a lot of ambition. To, mm-hmm. to go out and, and swallow the whole world kind of situation. Most farmers and ranchers don't have the ambition to build a business plan, prove that they can do it for a number of months, make $100,000 plus a month. That's insane. And then uh, go and try to grow as fast as you did by buying out family members and, and put all this together. And what is hard to, hard to believe, so from both sides, so it looks... Kay- in my psyche, what I would be doing is I would be thinking it's only my fault. I was the one that wanted all of this. I was the one that had the ambition. But then again, no one was going to come and help me and give me a bunch of money. So I had to go out and promise things to make things happen. And then on the other side of it, people, though, that are getting promised things like like people that are employed, um, they are also like, well, it's not my fault that your company's falling apart. This, it's not my fault. Like, we're, if you're making 150 grand a month and I'm only making five thousand dollars a month or four thousand dollars a month, why am I not getting paid? Like, what's the point of that? Like, that doesn't make sense. So you have these two different psyches occurring in this, and all of them in different chapters of life. Um, those that could probably go without three or four months, and so and <clears throat> because that's how life is when you're. 25, 26 years old, and you have these payments. You go, yeah. The easiest people to short are the people that are that are the 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 least amount of my my worry really, because they're only four thousand bucks a month, as opposed to I got these creditors that if we lose a combine, we lose ten thousand bucks a day. 
you know, or la- or more. Exactly. So like yeah. that's the that's the that's the psyche of of what you are in this in this. So I'm just trying to explain this for the audience. Is you have guys that get 200 bucks a day, and you have guys that get 3,000 bucks a day. And if the guys that don't get their 3,000 bucks a day, the business doesn't keep going. Now I'm not saying that there wasn't bad decisions made when Caleb was buying other pieces of equipment that were unnecessary or living quarters that were unnecessary or pickups that were unnecessary. It was a damn nice camper. <laughs> and it upset a lot of people. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we can that. laugh about that now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny now. But how long? Because this was, we ran for like, or you ran because I only did on and off for years, like four four years of custom cutting before it all came down or three years. I was his seasons. family. Three years on my own, right? Yeah, with your with your venture, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three years on your own, but that's pretty insane to get from what you had—two trailers, a flat deck, a grain trailer, and all of that—to almost a two million dollar operation. Granted, much of it was debt, but he was able to get enough cash flow in to make that debt look like it would it made sense. It was operating. But yeah, it was operating, cash flowing, as they say. So by the end of three years, he he it. I mean, an eight hundred thousand dollar year operation is nothing to scoff at. Yeah, that's pretty insane. From nothing. From from well, I wouldn't not, say nothing. Not nothing, but very little. Most people don't start with two semi trucks that are worth about eighty thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah, but and, I had to work my way up to that. Right, right. You to, were doing that I with mean, your family. I yeah. started when I was you know 16 custom harvesting yeah very small scale been doing it off off yeah. and on over yeah. the years but so the third year the you know i wasn't making payments in the banks you gotta sell some equipment and i said okay so i took some stuff to auction and the bank goes oh if it sells you know we'll refinance you for the next thing they didn't mm-hmm. but in the meantime i leased a farm mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh we managed to seed a crop, and I conned Drew and Cleto into going south uh, to combine one last season. Mm-hmm. And we had I, like sold enough equipment; my hands were like tied behind my back. But we mm-hmm. had two combines. I had one truck, and Drew rented another truck. No, I bought a truck. Oh. What did, what's our What's that our number one rule here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So Drew sorry. bought a truck and he leased a trailer. I leased a trailer. Oh, that's right. And yeah, that was that way oversized grain trailer. <laughs> so we, yeah. we limped our way through. We should have had a five person crew. We limped our way through with three guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quinn joined us. Off. Quinn joined us. But you quit us I quit in Montana. Yeah. Which is understandable. Yeah. Because that was the when I. about that? I think that's when I came back because I still owed you money on my pickup. Right. I owed yeah. you two grand on my truck that I had bought in front of you. And I was like, well, I'll come work for the rest of the season, pay off the two grand, and then after the two grand's paid off, I'll just, you can pay me wages. Yep. Yeah. And you never got those wages, did you? Yeah. You did. No, I did. Oh, you did? I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We settled it. But I had to go. That was when I went down to the bank, and I won't say his name, but threatened your bank (laughs) yeah okay so anyways keep going yeah so we we had a hay crop that kind of performed badly that year on that farm that i had leased and then you know by the end of that season i had sold pretty much all the equipment except i had a tractor and a truck and some things uh with john deere a combine i still had a combine left 
I was trying to refinance with the Farm Service Agency, and I hauled cattle all winter, and I could not do anything else but make my insurance payment and feed my family. Mm-hmm. And the banker's like, where's all the money going? I'm like, <laughs> uh, just putting food on the table. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my wife and I, we took a vacation in, uh, I think, April or March or something. We went to Kentucky. And we ended up, we went to this marriage conference. It's a Christian marriage conference for a weekend. And we ended up going on to the Dave Ramsey show. And at that point, we were down to 700000 in debt with no equity at all. And uh, we told Dave, like, well, we're 700000 in debt. You know, we don't know what to do. And. If we, you know, sell all our stuff, we won't have any way to make any money. And he goes, well, you could file bankruptcy. I guess I won't be mad at you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which meant something come from Dave, you know, because, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, the video's on YouTube. You can watch it. We should it link to it. I can pull this. it up right now. You yeah. just keep talking and I can get it. Okay. And uh, so we were gone for a week and we decided, you know, we just... Well, I mean, we were in bad shape, and we're like, "Is your name attached to that video? Does it say or?" I don't know. Okay, I think it just says something about farmer, farmer, seven hundred thousand in debt. Yeah, seven hundred thousand dollar debt farmer. Yeah. But I, you know, we looked at each other and we're like, "We don't want to fight through this." But mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the comments are brutal on this thing. By oh, the way. Oof. do we want to play it? You ready for this? Just do like a ten second excerpt. This is a ten minute section. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't play the whole. Th- well, maybe you can, I guess. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions, Caleb and Molly dropped by. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Been better. Uh oh. <laughs> What's going on? How can I help? We are $700,000 in debt. What? Uh, we are farmers oh. from Montana, and oh, because, oh, we so disagree about how to handle oh. it. I am ready to declare bankruptcy as awful as that would be he has kind of dragged us through several failed businesses and working it out and making payments just sounds kind of like another scheme to me at this point and i'm hesitant to get to dive into that and i'm exhausted and we're kind of hopeless and don't really know what to do Mm. okay um break that down for me how much is owed on the farm well, we lease a farm, but we owe about $450,000 on uh, equipment and, you know, inputs mm-hmm. and such. Okay. And what is the other 300000 Um, Yeah, that would be like, oh, I owe my dad for some stuff. And then... Uh, How much do you owe your dad? 50000 And then this I owe, so hard. you this know, for some hard. equipment repairs and some... Yeah. Chemical bills oh, sorry, from last year. Vendor bills. Yep. Okay. And how much is that? Oh, it probably comes up to hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's six hundred. Yeah, and then there's another roughly hundred thousand dollar lawsuit that we're in over a equipment repair that we rented. I don't know, four or five years ago now. And what is that lawsuit about? Uh, some repairs that were done to a machine that we rented and uh i disagreed with all this of them my story comes in <laughs> um 
That's you tough. rented it, and then they said you broke the machine, so they did the repairs and sued you for them? Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. He nailed it on the head. Probably and seen so it In a before. sense, other than the 50K with your dad, this is all uh, business debt. Yeah. In the sense. I mean, yes. you've signed personally for it, but it's all business debt, and you've leased the farm. Okay. Um, you're still operating the farm? Yeah. Okay. And um, so she wants to file bankruptcy. What's your plan? Um, sell a bunch of equipment and get out of the debt. And, or, I mean, get I didn't know what's coming on, Dave. Possible and work out. Uh, <laughs> Dave, I had no idea he was here. She tricked everybody. me into this. Yeah, how would you work it out? I mean, how, how are you going to make money? Well, I have a truck. I do some trucking mm -hmm. in the wintertime. But the bank yeah. won't guarantee that we can keep the truck or any vehicles. You won't in bankruptcy either. Right, right. Okay. And so you quit farming and drive the truck to pay off the bills and sell off the equipment is your plan? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying, Caleb? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, Dave was way more okay. and, but, sympathetic uh, in this. Part of the equipment I've is the truck. And what is yeah. the truck worth? Probably only $30,000. So it's 18 wheeler tractor? Yeah. Okay. Pause this right, right now. <laughs> I own that truck now. <laughs> <laughs> so you should give me the other 30th worth. <laughs> I went to the bank, and I bought that truck for 15000 bucks. Holy smokes. But anyways, yeah, It had a dusted going. motor at the time, though, didn't it? No. But no, no he this was it, after I rebuilt it. Exactly. Oh, you're going to have to say that. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's jump Let's keep playing this. Let's keep playing this. Reliable? Yeah. In good shape. Mm -hmm. Okay. What can you make driving truck? Oh, it's so variable, but anywhere from eighty to one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Yeah. Okay. Y'all got kids? Yep. Three. You talking about being over the road with that truck? Yeah, I'm usually gone two weeks at a time and only home for a day once in a while. But that's only in off season when you're not farming, right? Right. Right yep. now, and what we're talking about here is you're doing that full time. Right. You be gone all the time. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's pretend you filed bankruptcy and you walked away from everything. Toss up yeah. by the keys. Clean start. Fresh. Done. What are you going to do for a living then? <laughs> Go get a job at a farm or something like that. You I literally suppose. did that. Mm. How old are you? 30. Oh, okay. shit. What were the other failed businesses? Uh, we did custom harvesting primarily. Okay, custom pause harvesting? This again. <laughs> I love you, Molly. And when you listen to this episode... I'm going to say it right here, right now. Dragged you through three other failed businesses. All right. A little harsh. Harsh. A little harsh. She did look a little too excited to have trapped you there. <laughs> she looked and, a little too fired up to see you sweating Molly, in the headset. Molly, you can come in here and you can have a chat with us. Or you can paddle our butts or you can write a terrible review wherever you want. But I will, I will say it is you have to give some recognition that if, if outputs were not so high and you didn't try to grow so fast, if you would have had one combine and was able to do $50,000 a month, that is insane. And sustainable, I would argue. That is crazy. I think my wife has changed her mind about how this works in the last four years. Well, right. this is also, right. hey, keep this in mind, folks, this is in the moment. This is Three, like, four years ago. Yeah. This, this, is, is, in, this is 2018. Mm -hmm. This is probably, I would argue, one of the lowest points Most, of your life. Absolutely. Right here. Absolutely. Yeah. This is yeah. as bad as it gets. Yeah. But I, but I love that we have this to go back to because it was a super emotional time. Yeah. Caleb tossed me through a wall Yeah. when I got upset when I went and got a, a brand new windshield in Glasgow for a combine, 1500 bucks, and then I, I think I paid for it, and then I drove all the way down 
for fuel and everything, and I hadn't been paid for a couple, I think it was a month at that time for my truck. And uh, Caleb and I were getting upset to where we were like, we'd fought in a field one time a little bit. We kind of ruffled and tumbled down in Oklahoma. And then we got upset up here when we were cutting um, on, <laughs> on the reservation. <laughs> we were down there and we got in a fight down there. Tossed me through one of the Enterprise walls. Guy oh. was tough. <laughs> Didn't really toss me. I mean, was, but he, yeah, we got a little bit of it. I mean, I'm just trying to say the emotions were, were high. And um, this is an extremely stressful time because Caleb has kids. He's tried to do this. No one else has tried to do this. No one else is going to do this for Caleb. There's no reason why he shouldn't have been able to do this because he saw what he started with. And he saw the people start with less. So why is he not being able to do this? He's recently married to somebody that I can I, I can totally I'm literally 26 years old and, and kind of a little bit of a similar situation other than the debt load but I mean when you marry somebody that doesn't understand this kind of entrepreneur mindset and this want to build and grow something where no one else is the boss of you other than your customers which will always be the boss of you it's it's really hard for a husband and wife to come together on that goal and realize because I could see right off the bat that like there's a lot of people that that romanticize this farm life and this farm life is a lot of work it's millions of dollars to have a true sustainable farm life uh, other than like the farmers market hobby farm kind of a deal to be able to have a farm in Montana you need a thousand acres you need to have grain you need to have equipment to manage it you need to have insurance, the payments for it, the the people to work it. What did we always say about farming? It was uh, equity rich, cash poor. Cause yeah. like, okay, so let's break, like, just to give people a notion, you're making $150,000 a month in the peak of the season, but and how much are you spending a month? In 250. Yeah. 250. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you see, like, farmers, like, oh, this guy's worth millions well, and millions of dollars. But it's in reality, he's probably living off less than a school teacher. Well, look at, this, look at this debt load. You're talking $265,000 a combine. You're talking. They're not going to finance these for more than what? Six years? Five. Five years. Yeah. And we're talking also 8%, 10% interest? Yeah, they were, well, around seven. Is what yeah, they were 7% interest. You try to figure out the, the payments on that. People scoff at payments for a $250,000 house at 3% over a 30 year loan at $1,200. Yeah. And a month. house doesn't provide any income. No. No. We're talking, we're talking right now. I will do the math. Real quick here, and people wonder why farmers are so subsidized by the federal government, and why the suicide well, they keep rate is so high. Yeah, yeah exactly. We can talk high. about that on another podcast. That's honestly, but, you know, if you analyze this video of me on Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. you might think I think it's funny. But it's <laughs> I'm about to die. Yeah, I know you, and I can <laughs> see when you're sweating, <laughs> and I can see you sweating. Like this, that's probably the worst thing you've ever had to do. I could see it. I remember the first time someone showed this to me. Maybe it was Drew or somebody was like, hey, did you see that Caleb was actually on the Dave Ramsey show? And I watched it. I don't think I could watch the whole thing. Because I, yeah. I knew exactly what was going I through could, your head. Because we'd worked together for so long. I mean, pretty much been family. Like I couldn't watch said. it. All I was this, like, this is just, nah. <laughs> even, the guys, even the guys that were struggling with, with Caleb at that time for payments and other, and other reasons, they couldn't watch it. Yeah. They, they watched it and they said, no. No. They felt like Caleb was, was put and 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 whether it was by intention or not it looked like he had no idea what he was doing uh-huh. um and that he just like kept trying things willy-nilly blah 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 caleb knew exactly what he was doing you knew exactly what you were doing you didn't know how to manage 
the relationships around what you were doing. You didn't know how to manage emotions and you didn't know how to manage the expectations of what you were doing. Why does that even have to come into play? You know, I, I, <laughs> just, a, just a fact of working with fact people, of right? Working with people, nah, man. Just, it sucks. But. And not only that, newly married, kids, managing five teenage boys equivalent. <laughs> it's true. You, all your employees were like very hormonal young men. <laughs> just, and the other, and one of them was also married. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, no, I mean, realistically, you're a 26 year old running the crew of 17 year olds. Mm-hmm. And Cleto and Tyler. <laughs> so 16-year-olds. Yeah. And, and you're trying to do something that people – okay, this is something that maybe be a little bit recognizable and okay in the entrepreneurship community where you're running. You just have a whiz kid, internet kid that figures out how to make 30, 40 grand a month. In the farming community, this is unheard of without a family – a family's equity behind it, a family backing, some kind of banking, some kind of some kind of equity somewhere. Caleb got this done with no land backing him, no cattle anywhere. He went out and got the iron loan, okay, because he was able to prove that he was able to make enough. Whether he swindled the banker or not, he, he got it to where he was making that much money a month. I've since had a, a, a few uh, meals or, you know, drinks with my old banker ex-banker oh yeah <laughs> how'd those go how come you financed me he's like yeah because you're gonna set the world on fire yeah yeah <laughs> it's like i'm glad you had that faith in me but <laughs> damn you <laughs> but yeah. you could have stopped me a little sooner yeah it's like a, didn't the word no exist in your vocabulary you're the yeah. best damn ma- money addict i ever had yeah. Just kept shooting i need some drugs <laughs> yeah so anyways i just i just had to say that though about about the situation because it it looks it looks really bad on the on the video. Like he just had no uh, knowledge about what he was doing. But th- if anybody was gonna make it, I mean, it truly was just I don't know. What would you say, Caleb? I can't nail it down. What would you say was the problem? Overspent. There I mean, were what so was, many what problems. Was it, it was it was basically poor management and f- poor uh, risk uh, assessment. You know. I had a great year the first year out as far as acres and income. I spent too much, but I thought, well, we can do nothing but cut more acres next year, right? Mm-hmm. And all that happens is, is these, uh, you know, you're depending on somebody else to provide your sustenance. You know, like the farmers that you cut for. Well, the following year, they changed their acres entirely. You, know, you cut, half, cut half the acres of uh wheat for one guy or less you know and it's like oh that changes everything and then i bought i had two combines i had six headers for two combines you know you have to have something for sunflower something for corn something for you know i had stripper headers and each header cost 30 40 some of them cost 80, 80, 85 85 was yeah. that for the, for the vacuum headers the vacuum those headers. were actually the cheapest ones really yeah <laughs> i had those two flex drapers and those were 85 a piece mm-hmm. and uh 85,000 mm-hmm. a piece yeah mm-hmm. and uh the the sunflower pans were 8500 a piece no they weren't even that much they weren't they we got were a deal on that. them i remember getting a deal on them but still you know they were i mean Everything you do costs money, and right. so, so and year two was kind of like a loss in business plus an increase in spending. Right. Okay. But you you get this like, well, if I don't do more, 
I can't make more. Mm-hmm. And so you spend more in order to cover more. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, you know, you get caught up in the moment. Like Harvest is a fast-paced business, right? I mean, you have six months at at the most to make the most of the Harvest run. So if you have a customer come to you and go, oh, hey, I need uh, you to cut four or 5,000 acres for me. But you need to have stripper headers. You're like, I'll get them. I'll get them because I need that work, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it, Tom down the road, he's going to do it. And he might do it a couple bucks cheaper, right? And then you'll lose that customer for next year. Correct. And, you know, um, my dad and I started out. My dad went broke. And I, we both kind of went broke together when I was uh, in high school or just graduated high school. And so we started going combining again. It took us from the time I was 18, 19, till I was 26 to build a customer base that was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I had that. I had those customers when I was done, and I still couldn't make it happen mm-hmm. because the margins were too thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they were backwards. The yeah. Margins were <laughs> yeah. They, they you were, were in the red. Yeah. Hair was on fire. And, <laughs> you know, at every the one thing that I can look back now and say is, like, at every turning point, you know, everything that happened, like, okay, that first year – if I just would not have gone combining, if I would have just trucked, I could have made X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can see, okay, at that point, I could have made this decision and been successful. I can look at the next turning point. Like, uh, if I would have just not bought those combines, I could have been successful. And then I look at the next decision point and I go, if I would have done this i could have been successful and i can see that for everyone along the way for every point along the way and it's like at some point you just have to go but i am where i am right now and that's okay you know this is life it's an adventure nothing's gonna be perfect and we just have to enjoy it and so you know when i was you know working for this other farmer i i was like I can't do this anymore because it just sucks, sucking the life out of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they owned my life. It was, um, we lived on the farm. I, I really got along with the guy fine, you know, but having that um, ability to just be called upon at any time of the day to do something it was like indentured servitude yeah it was a little bit better than being a slave mm-hmm. you know i got money and my wife could do whatever she wanted but for four years i wasn't i didn't leave the farm i mean mm-hmm. i'm not exaggerating i didn't leave the farm unless oh, I, know I was you trucking were. i know you, you were. were on call for four years right it's like nurses are on call for like a couple of days out of the week you were yeah. on call for four right. you're working 100 hours a week i remember you, uh, more 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 I managed to take probably two weeks a year off of probably half the Sundays and some Saturdays. And I still average 70 hours a week. And at like, do you want to say how much you're working an hour? How much you're getting paid an hour? Well, I got a raise halfway through to 17. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is somebody, this is somebody that knows how to operate every piece of machinery in the book. If, if you were working a construction job, you would have been worth, 45 to 50 minimum. But Minimum. hey, you know what? I had a lot of hours though, Quinn. 
I had a lot of hours. Yeah. Wow. It, <laughs> I did the math though. Eighty thousand dollars with you know with the house and the beef and whatever. I was making eighty grand a year. Not bad. Not bad, but I had to make. It took thirty-seven hundred hours to get there. And how many how many kids did you have at the time? And three we went from three, with three to, to five. five in that time period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that might be another issue, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so now, love you, kids. I'm doing my own thing. You know, I'm back into custom work. But three months in, two months, two months. I'm in. like a month into it, really. Yeah. And and you're all cash now. All cash. I haven't. I don't have a loan in the world. God I don't nice. owe anybody. Nice. And this was <laughs> this good. was because in your hundred hours a week, you'd take three four hours a week to go make a pickup deal to go build a pickup. Right. Go find a pickup. Yeah. Go sell a pickup. Yeah. So I did like two. Really? Yeah. Maybe sold a skid steer. Two two pickups. Yeah. Uh, while I was working there, kind of fixed them up and sold them, and then. Uh, Oh, and this, you were just stacking that money in the bank. Yeah, gotcha. and then so, so I had ten grand of my own money. I went and got another twenty grand of upfront money from other people. I bought the swather, and I have just a uh, wing and a prayer. <laughs> and I actually have a positive bank balance now. Nice. And uh, it's it's been a you know. And you have some emergency money too. Like, give yourself some credit, right? You got some emergency savings, six month emergency for your family. No, not really, because oh. we spent all that when we were living through the winter time. Oh, okay. But it won't take long to get that back. Okay. You know, we had a car breakdown and had to buy a car, and had rent, and you know, <laughs> yeah. I worked for another farmer part time that I used to combine for, and. Uh, I helped him out this spring, and and he offered me, you know, a pretty decent wage per hour. But they didn't work enough hours to uh, oh. make much money. Was that out by out here on Flycreek? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> I almost starved to death out there. <laughs> forty acre, forty. And, and then I weeks. and then I was like, uh, you know, uh, that was kind of one of the. He was kind of one of the reasons I went broke combine. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What am I doing? Out here? Yeah. It's kind of a cheaper job that we finished a year on. Yeah. Well, it was hard. I remember that one was super, that one was bad because it was hard on equipment, right? It was hard yeah. on the hard on terrain trucks. we were working on. We and... literally blew one truck up. That was where the Peterbilt blew up. Yeah. And then uh, I was, yeah, we, I was trucking on that job. I had my own truck on that job and it was, it was tough. Yeah. So I guess a lot my... of antlers in the field for all the tires. <laughs> Saw the a lot tire of tire guy. plugs that year. <laughs> a lot of tire plugs. Got really good. Plugging animals. lots of holes. Everybody loves elk until you get an elk antler in your tire and a three thousand dollar combine tire. So we, Not only did it blow the tire, rip the shield off the side of the combine. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, then uh, there was that. There was that one combine that we blew up internally. We? You mean Josh? Yeah. We can just say it. <laughs> yeah. Josh blew up that one combine. <laughs> then he also started that field fire. <laughs> You know, you try to, these young guys, you give them a little extra rope. You're like, you know, he can handle this. The farmer's there, whatever. We try to finish. It's like, okay, hey, hey, Josh, uh, look, I'm going to go to the my uh, in-law's cabin for the weekend. You just got a cut for this one guy, right? And then we're going to move to North Dakota when I get back Monday. Yeah. Okay, good deal. I get back Monday. Oh, hey, that combine got plucked up on Sunday because we were cutting in the rain. But uh, like, oh, no problem. We'll just load it up. You guys got done? Yeah, we were close enough. Done. Yeah. Okay. All right. We load it up. Go to North Dakota. <laughs> this combine is not working. 
Like, uh, you turn it on and it, it doesn't work. And then we smoked. <laughs> smoked. Never have I ever, not once, ever heard or seen, been around a smoked clutch on a main gear case like that. Not once. Congratulations, completely, Josh. <laughs> completely packed. But, like, like imagine constipation to the nth degree in a $200,000 machine. I dug it out. I'm, I understand fully. No, no, I'm saying for the audience. Oh, Explain yeah, yeah, to the yeah. audience how packed yeah. this green that was, turd was. That was such a bad situation because it was like... Josh, the farmer wanted you to keep cutting. The farmer wanted us to keep cutting. I don't think we were in a position to get a hold of anybody. And between Josh and I, we did not have enough experience between us to know. We were like, well, I think we can make it. You know, and, and Josh made the call. He was like, I think we can, I think we can do it. Cause it was kind of like when you're a young kid, it's a high pressure situation. You're like, we'll make it work. We'll and we'd love to, we'd love to people please. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so that one was tough. How fast was it raining? Quinn, how much rain was there? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put, let me put it this way. We were, uh, we were like three miles from the river and they saw a carp swimming through a supposedly dry field. <laughs> and he was up there. <laughs> If you have ever, I don't know how to explain this. If you ever chewed long cut tobacco, and then you tried to swallow it, you ever tried to like mow, a big old yeah. You ever tried to you ever mow, try to mow a lawn in a rainstorm? It's like ten inches tall already. <laughs> yeah, that's or more, twenty inches tall. Wasn't it barley or was it wheat? That was barley. Oh boy. And, and see the that's thing a hundred bushel crop. That was that's also sick. the worst crop I've ever cut in my I've, life. I've plugged combines before, and it just kills the engine. Yeah. And then you're like, like we probably better quit. You know. <laughs> nah. Cleto calls me. He's like. Uh, when we unhooked the header, the combine puked on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Coughed up a hairball. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. So thirty thousand dollars for a main drive? No, these kinds that of repairs. Was, cost that was actually that, much. that was actually pretty cheap. It was only a, a twelve thousand dollar repair. Is that all it was? No. I thought it was like twenty five grand. No. Mm-mm. Well, the one I had. I had a uh, I had a real doozy here, so I got. Hold on, hold on. All right, set the stage. Let me uh, set the stage. Who keeps thumping the table? Yeah, I don't know. It's not me. It was you. Okay. So let me let let me let. Okay, so when I started this business, my thought was, you know, because I had been working for another farmer for like two months. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is dumb. I've always wanted to do my own thing. When I worked with my dad, it was like doing my own thing because I kind of do whatever I wanted. But still, he had that hold over me, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always had this philosophy, though. That we're meant to go do our own thing, and we're supposed to help other people be able to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Because that is the most rewarding thing. When you can mm-mm, mm-mm, set mm-mm. a bird free and mm-mm. it flies. Mm-mm. Oh, mm. So, Christ Drew, Jesus. tell me your story. <laughs> mm. Take it, take it back to me. I was the one that was bestowed this great gift of a Caleb Jacobson job offer. And this was like my own job. Mind you, mind you, for as good of BS I can I can spin, I've operated a combine it for two months at this point. A month and a half. Maybe a month and a half. Solid. But I am a man of opportunity. You told the story. I'm going to go... Um call our mom back because she called both of us 30 minutes ago and she's in the middle of a road trip so I just want to go make sure she's not like broke down so much okay good call thank you and then yeah because this is perfect for Caleb and I to just tackle this one so I'm in the middle of uh, absolute like opportunity bliss here 
because I see it's a job back in our hometown in the valley. We'll just call it the valley. It's We're like, not gonna name names. No, it's it's a beautiful <laughs> we name one name. No, there's it's a beautiful like this is hundred bushel crops. It's the select barley of barley for one of the largest barley companies there ever was that brews beer, and uh, it's not that one. Don't show that one. And um, yeah, so the situation was I Caleb said, hey, look, there's twenty five hundred acres. Yeah, I mean, how do we come by that? Fifteen hundred, maybe fifteen, sixteen hundred acres. Yeah, twenty-two bucks an acre. What were you getting paid? Twenty-five bucks an acre. I can't remember. I can't remember the numbers. It was a decent job. Okay, it's a decent job for a young lad that had no equipment and not much prior experience. But I had pretty much made a deal. My my dad at the time, God bless his soul, was flying for a company that also leased equipment and had equipment. And uh, I'm a very confident person. And I walked into this building, and I pretty much said I'd like to lease a combine. And they said, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll let you um, lease a combine, blah, blah, blah. Get done. Sign all the paperwork. I get out the door. I'm 18. I'm 19. I'm 19. 18. 18. You might have been 17. No, no. no, I wasn't that young. 17, I was up in Malta. I just just graduated. Yeah. 18 or 19. No, I was 19. I was 19. I was 19. Because I, when I graduated, I went to the oil fields. So oh. this is after the oil fields. So I leased this combine for a really good rate. A really good rate. Now, it was a little bit underpowered. And the Draper header was a little bit shorter than what we would prefer out on dry land. Because, but it was okay because we're going to be operating irrigated. And if the combine was underpowered, it's not a big deal. Um, because it's all flat ground and it's like 20-acre fields at a time, right? And, and this combine was supposedly brand new. Brand new. It had what? Three hundred hours. Thirty five. Yeah, it had 35 like hours. no no hours on it, and uh, from relatively like a, a used combine is twenty five, twenty six hundred hours. Like it's it's felt it a little bit. Um, yeah. So I I got a great rate on it with the header everything. They were literally going to haul the combine to the field and drop it off. They for put us. GPS in it. They too. put GPS in it. I I schmoozed my way through this thing kind of insane they came out and they like did a full demo thing they're like all right boys and we like, went and picked it up from the dealer and we're like do we need to sign any paperwork and like no no no, no you're good to go don't worry about it and caleb didn't even show up i made the deal happen and then caleb showed up after and then i signed all the paperwork they didn't ask for any id or anything and i don't know if this was because of we had a little nepotism issue going on but my dad was in a whole different apartment let's be clear a whole different apartment Whole different department. 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 Not apartment. <laughs> department. We had a house. His <laughs> whole different department. And Kelly kicked him out. You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he was living in no. Olympic Village. So, at the time. Yeah. No. So we had that was your story. We had uh, we had um, yeah. So he was in a whole different department, and I went in schmooze. I guess I schmooze. I don't know if I schmooze him. I was pretty honest about it. Um, hundred fifty bucks an hour for this combine, and we're making. 350 an hour when I'm running good. Uh, so anyways, I do all of that. I have a little bit of money saved up for fuel. I'm good to go. I can cover my payment for the first month. I'm going to go out and start cutting cu- cutting stuff. I get out there in the field, and we start warming it up in, in this dry land. You know, with dry land wheat. We're going to knock that out first before we jump over to barley. And I am burning through slip clutches. This, this is a thing completely, is a hunk of junk. This is a it's it, even though it's new, it's six years old. So it was a 2011, and we were cutting in 2015 or 2016. 
So it was only five years old. 15. Yeah, 2015. Mm-hmm. So four years old. But it was a 2011 with only 35 hours. A little suspicious. Way down the line, about four or five years later, I heard the whole story on this combine. But I'm not going to say that now. But it was other farmers told me what happened here because they ordered it and it was bad. And it went back and they rebuilt the whole thing and then that's when I got it. And then uh, we went out there and I'm burning through belts. I'm burning through clutches and belts. And I'm like, what is wrong? I don't know. I'm burning up the main drive belt. Going to and the... This is Drew's uh, first solo job. First solo job. And- new new t- brand of machinery. So they're all fairly similar, but it's a different brand. And they have different types of hookups, different controller systems. It's a, it's a Lexion. drive systems. Yeah. Uh, Kloss. Yeah. Combine. Which was rebranded as a cat. It's all yellow and black. Black, black and, and yellow, yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> that was I, a curse. I played that song the whole time. And um, I'm in 30 bushel wheat, and I'm barely getting up hills. I'm burning up clutch drives. It's insane. So I have these guys come out, and I'm breaking off bolts on my main drive. And they're like, well, you're just pushing it too hard. I'm like, man, I'm three and a half miles an hour. There's no way in 30 bushel wheat that I should be struggling like this. And uh, they're like, well, uh, we, we turns out we have an update on this. So they, they, they had a piece of equipment an update a mod is what they'd call it um to go and put stronger bolts stronger castings on the spindle so that it wouldn't break off on the main drive and blah 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 wouldn't burn through belts so i run it for another day and a half breaks down i'm waiting three days for text come back out again and i'm like what in the world they finally get that fixed and i get over and i'm cutting again and i'm blowing this thing off day and night because when you get into barley there's a lot of chaff, uh, chaff. And like this chaff is so dense when it's hot and muggy, it just sits around the combine and it starts to sit on your main drives and where your belts are. And if these belts get hot and there's not proper enough cooling put to those belts, they'll start to build up and it starts to build like this little bit of sludge underneath the belts. And and barley is really flammable. Barley is extremely flammable. And then all of a sudden, all it takes is like a spark or something from that to burn long enough, kind of like a tire because these are all rubber belts. It burns a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you'll just get a, a, a whoosh of, of denser air, and it just, like, <laughs> stuff explodes. <laughs> and, like a bakery shop and somebody lit a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it, well, not, yeah, it's like some people might have seen when a granary tips over, and there's a truck parked beneath it, and then all of a sudden the granary bursts into flames. It's like that. It's like that. So I had a little uh, a little poof moment on a little 20 acre piece after they fix the main drive and everything burns up eight or nine acres. I had the smart, I had, whether it was smart or not, I knew when a fire started, you go and cut a circle real quick unless you're starting the fire. So I went, I saw the fire start and I thought, shit, that's not another, that's not my combine. Cause someone else, like there's other combines cutting in the field. Because I turned around and I saw it. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like race, racing over there to go cut it and cut it out and get it so that where I'm cut, I'm good because it'll just burn the, the chaff that's left over. And if I'm not cut, it'll go out in the field and it spreads like wildfire because there's so much more fuel there. So I'm cutting this circle really quick and I knock it down and I turn back and the rest where I was just at, it's on fire again. And they're screaming over the radio, shut it down, shut it down. And I'm like, yeah, shut it down. What are you talking about? I was on fire. So we shut it down. I shut the machine off, got out, and it's diesel fuel, so it's not really in a huge concern of it blowing, of it of it burning to the ground. Did you get your phone off the table? Did it vibrate again? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um and so I went ahead and uh 
shut it down. We got it blown off. And yeah, it was my combine. My combine wasn't caught on fire very much. Like it like burned up on the main drive again with the same place they fixed it, but it was dropping this hot kind of sludge on the ground, burning that up, and it would like foof a little bit. <laughs> so it looked a little scary. Yeah, watch I didn't out for them foofs. Yeah. Oof. Hate to see it. So that happened. This is all in the first like two weeks of my job, right? It's like you start July sixteenth, July fifteenth, and you're gonna cut until like August like fifth or sixth, usually in the valley. And, um, now we're at this point where I'm really stressed. We, for every day I cut, I'm down for two days getting stuff fixed. And now we're starting to get into heavy barley and we have to get this stuff cut. We have to, cause I'm looking at it and every day I'm going by every other combines cutting circles around me. I'm losing 150 acres a day because they're taking that out of my chunk. Cause I'm, my chunk was like 15, 1600 acres and I'm losing a hundred, 150 acres a day, you know, per 10 days of what I was supposed to be cutting. And I'm already underpowered, so I'm already going slower, and I already have a smaller header. So, you know, there's all kinds of small guy problems happening here. <laughs> Just like, and uh, I'm getting really stressed. And so we get in the 20 acre pieces, and uh, we start going in and out of these fields, and we're constantly dropping my header so that we can fit into gates. And I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. We've been cutting big dry land fields with Caleb. We're on a on a John Deere header. When you go and attach the header to the, the feeder house of the combine, you have a latch that you pull down, and it, and it locks three different things. It locks all of your electronics, it'll lock all of your hydraulics, and then it'll lock the header to the feeder house. You can't, if any of those are misaligned, you can't hook the combine up, and it doesn't work. The header doesn't work. On a Lexion combine, what I failed to know was you can hook up the electronics, you can hook up the hydraulics, and when you go and latch it down, there is still one more latch that you have to do to put the main um, locks into the header because it'll just it latches onto a bar and then it sits on there just by gravity onto the bottom of the feeder house. And there's one more latch underneath that you have to go and pull up and lock in. So I'm going from field to field, and I have these farmer guys helping us trying to keep everything rolling along. I go hook up to the comp to the header with the combine because we unhook so we can get down the narrow drive, hook on, slide it through the fence. I'm good to go. Those guys are outside the combine. They're hooking it all up, and I just go, okay, we're good to go. I get going. P completely flat field with uh, irrigated ditches in it. And I'm cutting, and I'm cutting, and then all of a sudden I come around a corner, and I have my header turned to the left-hand side a little bit. And I come around the corner. As I come around, it picks the header off of the feeder house, and I see it start to separate down below from my main drive and my electronics. So I'm like, oh crap. And I see that and it tips up because I overbalance back to the right and it comes off of the feeder house. And then I panic and I'm like, I've got to shut this down. So on these hydrostatic uh, types of combines, the, the John Deere's are a lot tighter. When you go to pull your, pull your handle from going full throttle, so moving forward to moving neutral, it has like a two or three second, not even two or three seconds, like a half second more delay than a John Deere. So I go into neutral and it doesn't stop. And I'm watching this thing tip off. And so I'm like, oh my God, it's not stopping. So I pull it back just a little bit farther. And next thing you know, the combine goes faster in the opposite direction. It stops immediately and throws it in reverse. And then so all of a sudden I've separated. The, comp, the header's on the ground. I'm backing up away from the header. And it breaks 
hydraulic lines, it breaks electrical lines, and the electrical lines aren't attached at the feeder house and then have another separate disconnect go up the arm chair where you're running everything. No, there is a cord of electronics that goes straight from the header right through the cab and plugs right into the main circuit board on the, underneath the armchair. So I literally feel this handle rip out of my hands as I back up to try to stop the combine. And it rips through my hands, rips through the floor, rips out the door, and I'm, I'm stuck here looking at this fried electrical board upholstery crap, and I am shuddering, shaking. Because I don't know what the heck happened or how that was even possible. And, uh, yeah, long story short, 19-year-old kid, uh, I'm about ready to have an absolute stress conniption. Because I, I know that this is probably worst-case scenario, $170,000 combine that I just wrecked the circuit board of. It's probably going to be at least four or 5000 bucks for that. The header was another forty-five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And, um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, now it's my fault. All week I've been screaming it, not really screaming. All week I've been frustrated and upset with people for not having a good machine, and now it's my fault. So that was the story. So I called Caleb. I'm freaking out. I call my dad. I'm freaking out. The combiners, the, the farmers are absolutely pissed and livid because they've had this yellow piece of junk that they've never seen out in the field before. It's only cut four or five days out of the total deal. And now all of a sudden the guts are spilled all over the field in front of them. And it sure as heck doesn't look like a mechanical faulty. You know, it was a, we didn't hook up the header faulty. It was a user faulty situation. So now, now they've lost all hope in the machine. They've lost all hope in the, the user. And I'm about ready to have a full on breakdown. I call everybody up and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Caleb's already stressed out the blah, blah, blah over in North Dakota because I was separated from them doing my own job. And I call my dad and, man, I'm just like, I'm in bad shape. I'm in bad shape. But all of a sudden I go into crap hits the fan mode, Drew. And I just, the guys that own the machine wanted to take it to the shop. And I was like, well, how long is it going to be? And they said, it'll probably be a week and a half minimum. But realistically, once we get parts and everything, it'll be two weeks or two months. And I was like, no way. I said, can you send some texts to the field? I can see that there are parts online at this department, this department, this department. I can get a circuit board out here, and I can have all of the hydraulic lines made in town. And I do all the research, and I figure it all out. And I said, send the texts out so it's warrantied. Just send them out here for three days. I'll be here. We'll get it done. So I figure out how to run around, find all of the parts, get all of the lines made, get all of the circuit boards done, get all of that ordered. I got them from different dealerships, paid the whole bill, figured out how to get it done. It was like five or 6,000 bucks and a home fix in the field, and we had the combine up and running again. And, um, and their techs came out to do it. And uh, we got it all up and running. Eventually, I finished the job, and I got paid like 26,000 bucks. And I didn't want anything to do with this combine ever again. I was so upset with how it ran. I was so upset because of how it ran the first three, four days. I didn't want to touch again. And uh, that was the situation. So that's how it went down. We, we didn't have a legal lease. You weren't even 18. So they tore up the lease after all of this happened. And then Caleb, they called Caleb after I repaired the combine and was like halfway through finishing the job. And Caleb was coming down to rescue me pretty much. 
Did we have to bring another combine in to finish the rest of the job? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I brought another combine in to finish the rest of the job. And Caleb came down and rescued me. And they had Caleb go in the office and Caleb went and re-signed the lease. Dumbest mistake of my life. And But see, I'd never had anybody, any dealer anywhere, treat me like that. And I thought, well, okay, this combine's fine. Yeah. We got it to run. And I'll take it to North Dakota. I'll make my money back off of it. And we'll, it'll be a great year, you know, mm-hmm. sign a lease. And we, so we all have our opinions on that certain dealership. And <laughs> <laughs> they're not good. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of things I want to throw a Molotov at. <laughs> IRS, <laughs> stuff like that. But if I had to pick one local target, you know, I know right where I'm driving on a bad Thursday night. <laughs> Anyways, what's tonight? So we we take it's that a Friday. We, we got take, a whole week. You we got take, six days to get my bail money together. We end up getting that combine going, and we take it to North Dakota with us, and uh, we put Tyler in it, and he runs it for like a week cutting, cutting peas, peas. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, I ran that combine for maybe 25 minutes in one field. And, you know, um, yeah, then he cut the peas. And then I, you know, then we were going back to wheat or canola or something. And I was like, finally, I get to run this combine. We start moving down the road. We make it like three miles down the road. Someone says, hey, you're bleeding hydraulic oil all over the road. <laughs> Another one. Okay, so I pull it off the road. It sits there for two weeks. Finally, we you know get done in North Dakota. It sat there for two weeks because you called the dealer immediately and said, "Hey, let's get this fixed." Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, you got to bring it back to Billings to get it fixed." And I should have taken it to the other dealer in North Dakota. But anyway, we ended up bringing it back to Billings. They assess the entire combine, mind you. We have not put seventy hours on this no. thing. Yep, yep. We paid for a hundred hours. Yep. And. Uh, Take it back to the dealership. They assess it at $135,000 worth of damage. Yeah. Yep. It's our fault. So, it's Drew's fault I went bankrupt. And that was the, <laughs> that's the gist of the story. <laughs> well, the, I have never had my blood boil. Yeah, that bad. That bad. Mad at me or mad at Kat? I, <laughs> <laughs> Both. Both. How did that shake out? Did you have to settle with them or they just kind of get their uh, bones well, after the they, uh, chapter 11 chapter 7 chapter yeah, 7 they got an insurance payment which i was kind of pissed that they got that yeah. much um but i went to several meetings with them and and it was like oh well you didn't see how dirty the air filter was i couldn't believe how dirty it was and i looked at them i said on a john deere we blow it out twice a year what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. That's just lack of maintenance right there. There's there's so And if much I could have killed so somebody, wrong. that would have yeah. been when. There's so much wrong with that whole situation because the they were claiming that there was metal chunks in the transmission that wrecked the transmission. And the way that those check valves are set up where the header fell off and separated. All the lines broke below the check valves. So there's no way possible. Well, f- okay, first of all, Yes, it dumped all the hydraulic oil out. Mm-hmm. But you shut it off right away. It didn't move anywhere. No, we we didn't move it till it was full of hydraulic oil. We we had their techs come out. Yeah, exactly. Their we, techs we, worked on it in North Dakota. We had a, a hydraulic motor go out, mm-hmm. and we bypassed it. Mm-hmm. And that was where the, the and, shooting the shaft. Right. Out. Yeah. 
Spread, so when we took spreader. it back, they saw that was their reasoning. Was the shaft spreader was between us, you know, dropping the header and mm-hmm. that bypassed motor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it, it, two brain cells could have figured out that wasn't the problem. It wasn't possible. But when you leave a hydraulic system sit for several years in a row, like that combine had sat for four years, mm-hmm. not done anything. Yeah, it was a much <sighs> bigger operation than us that had ordered it got it and said no way we're not we're not this thing's a lemon yeah. so if you want to know more about these stories it's probably a public filing somewhere we have several stories oh. we can spend hours on yeah, yeah. even individually just a real quick sidebar no one's filed like a class action or anything someone like that. should someone should get on that because i don't think we could i don't i don't think it's even more now that's just there's always someone there's always like some everyone has some figure in their life where you just want to put the torch to them that would be your validation look look when i make enough money with the podcast i'll give caleb a little bit of a cut you can donate to our gofundme at uh, caleb and drew against (laughs) dot com (laughs) we got a lot of other things i'd like to whatever yeah (laughs) Well, this was supposed to be a happy podcast, but now people are starting to hear the yeah the we're still bitter if you couldn't tell. <laughs> no, we're not. We're getting over it. It's fine. It was old. It's a long time ago. We learned a lot. This I is basically yeah. This is like a um a learning experience. Hopefully, someone else will learn from some of this. A Have your bit. ducks in a row when yeah. you do something. Yeah. And don't go back and sign a contract when you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and what that's what they always say. Get it in writing. Get it in writing. And if it's not. And you screw something up, Walk. do not put it in writing. Walk. <laughs> <laughs> Walk before someone else can put it in writing. Yeah. Moral of the story is you can do whatever the hell you want to do. You can go out and but do But you some... might get effed. <laughs> <laughs> there could be cons. No, but the, you could, the, the real moral of the story is you can go out and if you find the work, you can probably go and get the equipment and you can learn. And it's, I think, honestly, what I learned from this is. Action, I've never had action like that in my life except when we were rolling like that. When we were rolling from job to job and we had stuff going and money was coming in. When it was rolling, rolling. it was rolling. And it was like there was no else in Midwestern, Central United States running machinery and operating like that that you would see something so cool where you got 16, 17-year-old kids running $300,000 machines. 14. Shut up, Quinn. <laughs> Who's retarded now? <laughs> you have to bleep that out. I don't think we can say that word anymore. Anyways. Yeah, no. uh, man, it was just, it was just, yeah. It was a learning experience. I thank you for it. I thank you for going through it. I thank you for for bringing us along and believing in us enough to go and try it, even though we might have been your only hope. Who knows? But I mean, it's, it's just. Uh, Help me, Drew and Quinn. My <laughs> <laughs> Copyright. We're gonna get. We're gonna get so many cease bing, and desist letters bing, next week. Bing. Uh, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, man, but thank you, Caleb. This is our podcast run a little bit long here, so we'll just kind of shorten it up. But it, I really appreciate having you on. This is the kind of nostalgia that I needed for this week as I wrap up a remodel on a house that's absolutely a little bit depressing right now. I, I tell you what, we should uh, take requests on what stories we should delve into. Man, we could do an egg side of this thing because there's so much of my life that's been in the agricultural stuff. Yeah. We could spend 
hours. Hours on each we story individually. In we got yeah. Tyler in here. Oh my gosh. There's a ton of stuff that we could yeah. be we could be talking about. Would you say last time we talked to you, you haven't had a good story in a while? Yeah, when I worked for that other farmer, it was like four years without good stories. Hmm. Which means a smooth operation, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just no. The, there's nothing Not to tell. Story. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Caleb like... had already screwed up enough. He doesn't have any funny stuff. There's a lot of other people that have some stuff. <laughs> those guys were... Those I can't aren't say that on right. No, no, no. Those, those, aren't, yeah, those aren't your stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. Front loader, dude. <laughs> it was flat, and he flipped it over on top of its cab. <laughs> we don't know how that happened. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So anyways, that was the that was yeah that. So that's it's a little bit of the Caleb story. So Caleb, what do you got going on now? You're looking to. You're, I'm you're, I'm you're starting. I'm I'm you know, like the. Uh, what's the bird? The. Uh... Bird's a word. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this. I'm a peacock. You gotta. Not the peacock. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> That not the um, Western Meadowlark. We killed a lot of no, those. The, hey, you should not be saying that. <laughs> something, something that rises from the ashes. Phoenix. The Phoenix. Yes, thank you. You're the Phoenix. You're the Phoenix. We'll see. I might end up just being the uh, penguin. Penguin it's eaten by a seal. <laughs> the penguin actually might not be that bad. You know, slip and slide. Uh, could around. be a <laughs> little slippery little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a flightless bird, but I look nice. <laughs> What's your plan next? What's your plan? So what you I'm I'm starting another custom service business. I I've seen custom harvest crews this summer, and my guts turn, mm-hmm. my anxiety spikes, and I'm like, I am so glad I'm not doing that. But I mm-hmm. see a, a combine by itself in a field, and I have a fond spot for that. Right? Yeah. But okay. I. I don't understand that, but so right now I'm I'm custom swathing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a solo gig. I don't have to worry about Which anyone is else. Good, you yeah. should have that for a while. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know I've got five kids, and in the next ten I years like we're talking to an addict. So in the next ten years, start. we need to farm like twenty thousand acres. Keep them busy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Classic farming dad. Yeah, it was like hired hands can hate you, but kids they're stuck with they you for life. They have to stay. If they want a piece of this ranch, they have to put the time in. Well, if it makes you feel better, all your employees. That, uh, but no, everyone I've talked to, we all enjoyed it, and I still think back on it and stuff. Like like Drew said, when things were running, like it was so cool, so much fun. Everyone felt like they were really good at their jobs. Everyone was dialed in on what they were doing. And like when things were running good, it was like we're the best crew out here. It's a we were we custom were, harvesting we were good. has this energy about it that uh, you know, everyone works in concert, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do your job without the other guy doing his job. Mm-hmm. And so like this, you know, it's just like a team I suppose of I don't play sports. sports or, I yeah. felt like we were a special <laughs> operations team. But yeah. if if you don't yeah, like you're in a half a million dollar piece of equipment. If you don't pull up next to the other one just right, and everyone knows what they're doing, things do not go good. No, no, yeah. they do not. And when you have that synchron synchronization, synchronization, synchronization. yes, yeah. I mean it just like gives you this feeling that you oh, it's you a cool sense of accomplishment. Yeah, it's like it's and the most like, American thing. Men need that camaraderie too yeah you know? mm-hmm. when we're out here like you know I'm, I'm doing things by myself right now and it just does not have quite that same no 
going through hard stuff together is what yeah. pulls people yeah. together. Yeah. And we were meant to do that as men. Yeah. Yeah. We were meant to go through hard things together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I need you both to invest several thousand dollars. In <laughs> hey, I texted you a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, if you got a machine, needs running. Uh. Next year. He, Caleb has flashbacks, packs out in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> He's just full on Vietnam. But it was good. Good money, Vietnam. <laughs> no, it was like, it was so much fun. And everything. everyone was really trying to be the best at their job. When we were doing it, everyone was trying to be better than everyone else and be like, "Oh, you think you can operate a machine? Let me." Because we were a all machine. we were all constantly. I do. We were trying to impress Caleb really by trying to come up with the best way to, to operate in the field. So yeah. we were always we cared so much that we were always trying to come up with. Well, maybe we should cut it like this, or we should cut it like this. When really we should just cut it the way Caleb told us cut. <laughs> but I mean, but at the same time though, that that's kind of good to see because it's. As a as a business owner now, I'd rather see somebody trying to come up with new ways to run the business than not be interested at all. Yeah. And that's that's something that I'm struggling with right now is trying to figure out what people I should be working with and how much I need to be pushing for them to have Yeah, it's me. Excitement. He's talking about me. Not just you, not just you. <laughs> but I mean just like I, you know, with Yeah, it's just it's just leadership skills, man, and I feel like Caleb learned a lot from those years. So it's great for me to literally be 26 and be calling him up and asking him about yeah. it. But and we also we just had a good crew. Uh, we had we didn't have a we didn't have the worst crew. Yeah, <laughs> we had. <laughs> I, name I grew up. Do, I I grew up doing it. I grew yeah. up. We had the best crew, ever that I've ever been around. Really, when you and I and Quinn and Josh and Drew and that was me again. Double that, that first there's year. There's two types of Drews. <laughs> There was a Drew that could get deals and a Drew that could drive equipment. There was, uh, yeah, that first year, once like the second half, when we were really cooking, things were going really good. I felt yeah. like, yeah. as far as like how well the team was working together, mm-hmm. how efficiently we were cutting and getting stuff done, and like spirits were high, everyone yeah. was having a good time. It was exciting. Yeah. And that, if you can't have a good time, do something else. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I would go back if I could get the same exact crew that I had then. I would probably do it again. Josh and I say the same thing. We're like, you know what? Like, if the money was a little better, and if like the we money knew it was, was better, gonna, if we knew it was gonna work out, we like we'd go do it again. I'd never do it again for fifteen dollars an hour. No, hell no. You couldn't. You <laughs> I couldn't won't strap me to that machine. I won't play video games for fifteen bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, I do it for three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, and there it is, and that's a wrap, folks. That's a wrap. Yeah. No, thank you so much, Caleb, for coming in. Um, this has been a lot of fun, man. This is kind of a, this is the first interview that we've done coming back. Like the last interview we put in was, um, was Sammy's and that was actually recorded six months ago. And I don't know if you listen to Sammy's or not, but it's good to just have kind of the camaraderie. Quinn, I'm really glad that you were sitting in here. We missed you, Kyle. Um, we'll get you on the next one. When we have somebody that's maybe not as familiar to Quinn, we'll, we'll get Kyle in here and, and, um, he'll be the producing on that. But, uh, man, thanks so much. I appreciate you picking up the phone when I call you this last six months as I'm trying to struggle through one of the tougher periods of uh, real estate. I appreciate you answering the phone. I'm so excited for you and what you got going on with your family and getting away from the employment situation that it was, even though it might have been the respite that you needed. Man, you, you're a peacock. You got to fly. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to wrap up this episode. Um, if you want to follow along in any of Caleb's adventures, he's starting to Snapchat a little bit now. 
Um, he's starting to do some Instagram stuff a little bit now. No, oh, never mind, never mind. So he posts on Facebook whenever he's trying to sell something. So you can follow him there. <laughs> you can get a deal. Yeah, you can Quinn, uh, follow Quinn or follow Caleb Jacobs. Listen to my books and read my tapes. Yeah, yeah. You don't have any books or tapes. You should work on that though. Correct. You yeah. could probably get a good one out. You probably could. I'll write a tape. I, w- I would like to do. We've talked about this multiple times. I'd love to do an egg egg podcast where yeah. we just talk about the processes and like. There's very little hope in the United in in the United States right now for the agricultural community that's not subsidized. Yeah, it, right. it, it's it's it is so disgustingly overly subsidized. People don't even understand how much of their tax paying dollars are going to just producing cheap food in this country, and it's absolutely debilitating. Corn. Absolutely corn, debilitating. Corn. Corn. Burn corn. Corn. Yeah. Corn. 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 Burn corn. Talk about corn. But Caleb is one of those guys that's really knowledgeable about that stuff. And while this might not be a podcast for it, because we're trying to attract more you know, users and everything or whatever listeners. But I think there's a definitely a spot in the world for that to find somebody that has enough hope for the agriculture community to keep trying it, trying it, trying it again. Caleb is definitely a guy to listen to on some of that stuff. So it'd be great to get him in. He'll go over some of that. Agriculture too. needs what the internet got from the dot-com boom. They kind of do. They kind of need, need some jazz in there. They yeah. need some jazz in there because right now it's, it's looking bleak. And even though cattle prices might come up and yeah, typically egg does well in inflation periods, man, it's, the rest of the time, it just sucks. And this is going to be a problem everyone's going to feel. Yeah. The entire world. We're going to really feel it. Because, no, uh, yeah, as soon as the, the subsidy money come, that dries up and we fix our inflation problem, there's no way that the ag community is going to survive with the same practices that they've had. It's going to be all corporate. It's going to be and probably non – it's all going to be international owners just for the next couple of years. I mean, I don't know. We'll talk more about it. It's It's sad. So – Need to figure that out. Check on your local farmers. Check on your local farmers because uh, suicide rates are high, and that's not a joke. And if you see flies around the front door, maybe just call the call the local authorities. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I mean, it's bad out there. It's bad out. But there. it's also good in spots. It's well, it's good in spots, and it's good for the farming community to feel hard times. I mean, where else are we going to learn? Where else are we going to learn? It's sad. It's really sad. But it's no different than any other kind of personal growth. I guess what I'd like to say is. Uh, if you have any questions about how any of this works, email Drew. Reach out. About We'd love you know, to do an if, episode. If you have a topic or something you want to learn more about. Yeah, yeah. Reach so out. So that we can focus in on something. Yeah. And that would be awesome. Yeah, especially if we did an egg. Man, I would love to do an egg-centric podcast because that would help with my farm and ranch real estate stuff that we're working on. And and then it would help to just bring you to light as the expert that you are in, in a lot of these practices. So. And you spread knowledge. Yeah. Well, I am pretty smart. Yeah. Yes, sir. You're pretty, and you're smart. Kind of smart. But I don't know if you're pretty smart. Anyways, see you next week. Uh, every Sunday, you can listen to it here. Please like, subscribe, review on whatever platform you're listening to, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we love those ratings. We thank you so much for listening in, listening to the whole thing. Uh, follow me. Follow Quinn. Follow Caleb. You can look us all up. We'll be in the show notes down below on the YouTube comments. And then I'll probably put it in the comments on the Instagram post and wherever else we put it. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Oh, don't forget to download this podcast. That helps a lot as well. Please download this podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks.